Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this week's podcast. I did want to tell you the reason why I kind of disappeared for a couple of weeks, and that's really because I wanted to make sure that we had a very, very clear focus on the direction of where we're going and the content that we're providing on this podcast. And if you notice the last few that I've sent out, my goal is to keep these fairly short. However, we're going to have some interviews with some mega agents and some things that will be a little bit longer, but I want these to be short podcast that you can listen to on the way to work, on the way to your next appointment, and really get value out of it in a short amount of time and, and, and not take up an hour of your listening time so that we can get right to the heart of what it is. With that being said, let's dive into today's podcast. So we're going to call this the seven deadly sins to avoid in the age of disruption. The seven deadly sins to avoid in the age of disruption. Look, we're definitely in an age of disruption right now. You look at the things that we have like Uber and Snapchat and Postmates and DoorDash and all of those things are disrupting that traditional business model and disrupting how we live our everyday lives. I think about how if I'm in the shower and I'm running low on soap or shampoo, the first thing that I think about is I need to go to Amazon and reorder that so that it'll be here in a day or two. I don't think, man, I need to go to Target. So it's really disrupted and shifted how we think about things. It's disrupted how we communicate with people, and it's absolutely disrupting how we do business. Now, disrupting can sound like a negative word. However, I think we're on the brink of some incredible opportunities. So let's dive into this. It's our seven deadly sins to avoid in the age of disruption. You know, it's always intrigued me that regardless of market conditions, company profile, or geographic location, the vast majority of industry professionals remain confident about this business. Now, that genetic optimism has propelled our industry through up and down market cycles and continues to attract hardworking entrepreneurs who see the enormous potential that the housing market represents. Increasingly, though, I'm hearing from brokers and agents an undercurrent of concern about what to expect next. How will emerging technologies change the business? What will they need to do to stay relevant and well compensated for their efforts? Will their role in the transaction be diminished or even eliminated? I'm hearing that a lot. And, you know, if we really look back and study real estate, this is a question that's been posed every time something major came out. You know, before the Internet and before the online MLS, there was a book that had the sheets in it and you had to go to an agent to do that. And there was all this concern that with the MLS or a centralized location for that information or Zillow or whatever, that agents were going to lose their information. They're losing control over their listings and they're no longer be able to get leads. They're no longer going to be able to control that listing. And that's simply just not true. And we've seen the enormous opportunity that presented, but these were the same questions that were asked back then. So clearly there's no crystal ball to consult when considering these questions, but it's safe to assume that new technologies and breakthrough business practices will dramatically impact how consumers buy and sell homes in the future. So the enlightened real estate professionals and companies who anticipate and embrace these changes will most likely endure. Those who ignore and resist, well, they won't. One thing is for certain, though. In an age of disruption, decisive industry-wide leadership will be paramount. Resistance to change and protectionist thinking will be the recipe for disintermediation. In that regard, I thought it might be worthwhile to shine a spotlight on some of the misguided thinking that needs to be eliminated in our industry. I've dubbed these 
avoidable transgressions, the seven deadly sins. Unfortunately, many of these sins will sound familiar to you, but hopefully bringing them to the forefront will encourage a meaningful and productive industry dialogue. Number one, denial. Assuming a new disruptive business model will be unsuccessful simply because either a similar concept failed in the past or when the current market turns, either for better or worse, everything will go back to normal. Guys, real estate is cyclical. The market is going to shift. The market will turn. And that's not a bad thing. The market requires occasional correction. Now, I don't mean that we're going to necessarily have a turn like we saw in 08 and 09. That's not what I'm talking about here. But real estate agents seem to be the first ones to forget just how cyclical this business is because we ride that up, 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 up. Or you've only been in the business for three or four years, and that's all you've seen it do is go up, 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 up. The market requires that correction so that it can maintain somewhat of a balance. And we see that when we shift between buyer's markets and seller's markets and and just those little seasonal shifts as well, we see those cycles. But then on the broader scale, we have a bigger cycle that we've got to keep in mind. Number two is dismissal. So attributing the success of a new business model to a geographic location and or extraordinary market dynamics rather than sound business principles and practices. For example, it may work just fine in San Francisco, but it will never work in my market. And I think that one's really powerful because that reminds me of something that I read in a really great book that I hope a lot of you have read called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent or the MREA book or the Red Book, whatever you call it. This book was written by Gary Keller, the founder and CEO of Keller Williams Realty. He's actually no longer the CEO. Uh, we have John Davis for that, who's doing a phenomenal job. But in that book, there's six myth understandings, and one of them is the myth I can't do this in my market. This can't be done in my market. Well, guys, the truth is it can be done in any market. You just made a need, need a different approach. Number three is disregard. So overlooking the customer experience while promoting the complexity and emotionality of the current process to help justify professional assistance during the transaction. So instead of scaring people about how hard and, and perplexing and difficult and complex this process is, why don't we just provide exceptional customer service? Because that's what all of our large brands do anyways that have that loyalty and that brand loyalty that people come back to. Number four, disdain. Blaming the millennial generation for the current disruptive business environment and hope that when they finally mature, business practices will revert back to the good old days. You know, I'm not saying that there was anything wrong with how we've done business for decades, but there always has to be an evolution and it's always going to change and grow and morph into something else. And I think we put a lot of blame on the millennials because, you know, all they do is text or all they do is Snapchat or they don't know how to have a meaningful conversation with somebody. And while on some level, some of those things may be true and they may struggle with some of the social aspects that a lot of us are used to, I think they've actually given us a really, really great opportunity. And that opportunity is to provide exactly what consumers want, because I think we miss that. We want to control these processes with what we think it should be and really not tailor that to our customer experience. So that could be something as simple as understanding how your consumer wants to communicate with you. How does that client want to communicate? Is it email? Is it phone call? Is it text message? 
How do they want to communicate? And then making sure that you're delivering on every expectation that you set and above and beyond that as well. Number five, delusion, refusing to acknowledge breakthrough ideas or new ways of thinking simply because they threaten self-imposed beliefs on how and why things should be done. I'm a firm believer that there are many, many smart people that have lived before me and many, many smart people that are going to come after me. And I am by no means the smartest person in the world. So who am I to put everything into this box and say, look, just because I learned it this way or just because this is the way it's always been done, that this is how it has to be. And we can't change that. You know, if everybody stayed inside that box and love him or hate him, Steve Jobs created an entire new category of cell phone. I mean, think of the evolution of that cell phone. I remember my first analog phone and, and the big brick that it was and, you know, no texting capabilities and all of that. And now look at what all of this has evolved into, because ten and a half years ago, Steve Jobs created the first iPhone. And that really started with the iPod and that progression into that. So sometimes it takes getting out of our own way and exploring some new things to realize there may actually be a better way. Number six, desperation. Surrounding yourself at every level with people who look, act, and think just like you do in an attempt to preserve and perpetuate the status quo. Elevate your thinking. Elevate those that you surround yourself with. John Maxwell says that you are the sum of the five people that you hang around. So find those five people. They're going to inspire you, motivate you, and elevate you to a higher level. Number seven, dysfunction, expecting team members to actively embrace company goals and objectives without first understanding why the company is in business, what the organization hopes to accomplish, and how success will benefit all stakeholders and the communities they serve. When confronted with disruption and uncertainty, it is not uncommon to take refuge in the past and disparage anything new or uncomfortable. Turtling up under pressure and hoping for the best is not a good business strategy. Facing the future alone without proper support and guidance is risky when the world is changing so fast and the resources needed to succeed are growing exponentially. I say this a lot when I teach classes. You know, the sexy thing right now is to have a team. Oh, I have a team or I have a buyer's agent or I have this or whatever in your business and and we've got to get away from the sexy and we have to be what's practical. So before you even try to bring someone onto your team, figure out why you're in business. Why are you doing this? And what is the purpose of your business? So I know the mission for my business and I'm able to articulate that. So if I can't share that with somebody that I'm bringing onto my team, how can I expect them to buy into what they're doing? And a great example of that would be think about somebody who knows why a company is in business, but they may just be working as a hostess at a restaurant. Think of that level of service that they provide. And then they move on to do bigger and better things within that organization versus someone who just wants a job and just wants that $10 an hour paycheck and the level of service that they bring to that job. So you've got to have buy-in from your team. But before you've got the team, you've got to have clarity on why you're even doing this and why you're in business. 
So these seven deadly sins are not exclusive to the real estate industry. They're universal in nature. But my advice is to make certain none of them influence your actions. Once committed, absolution can be very, very costly. So, guys, I hope that these have been helpful for you. Keep in mind that our world is is fast changing and ever evolving into new and better and brighter things. So embrace it. And if something doesn't work, that's cool. Move on to the next thing. But we can't stick our head in the sand and hide from this technology because it's 2018, guys. It's not going anywhere. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Look forward to seeing you guys all be productive. And again, if you've got any questions, my email address will be in the show notes. And uh, I will put these seven items in the show notes as well so you guys can reference them back. Thanks so much and have a great day.